in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Everybody and welcome to another brand new episode of the Top Ten. I am John Roca, and I am Matt Nost, and we are here to bring you another movie discussion uh, this week. Uh, and happens to be apropos of no movie coming out. Mm. It's somewhat based on a discussion uh, we had last week's show yeah. on last week's show, where you said Social Network could be your favorite movie of the past twenty-two years. Yeah. And I said to you afterward, why don't we find out and go through the last 22 years of films? Well, to be fair, there was a pashaw. And then you said, true. Let's figure this out. Let's see if it's true or not. You put the throw the gauntlet down, which I appreciated. And then uh, I text you uh, Tuesday yes. morning and said, listen, man, I did the first seven years last night. Took me fucking forever. And I have 15 years left to go through. Why don't we try and uh, winnow this down to a more manageable size? <laughs> and it was still brutal. Yeah. Monstrous. Monstrous. So what, what Matt suggested was that we look at all the best picture nominees from the last 22 years and pick out the 10 best films from the films that were nominated for yeah. best picture. Didn't mean they necessarily won. They were just nominated for best picture. So when we when we pared it down to that, that was uh, uh, that was at least two hours for me going through everything and then deciding which ones and then figuring it out and line. And I'm still not, yeah, I don't like my list. Happy with my list, but it is my list for today, as uh, we're you know recording this episode and then uh, putting out this episode for sure. But yeah, I mean, I I sent. Sometimes I like to preliminarily send the list of my films to some friends to see if I'm missing anything or see their thoughts. And all of them were just kind of like, what the fuck? This is insane thing to take on. Uh, so yeah, we've really uh, got our work cut out for us in this episode, Matt, for sure. Yeah. The nice thing is you can go to Oscars.org. Yeah. yeah. Or Wiki, and then just, Wikipedia. Yeah. Yeah. I just went to there and you've got the scrolling clicked on 2000. Yeah. And then drop down menu, best picture there, your choices. And then went through, uh, interestingly, there was only there were two years that didn't have a single potential wow. of making even consideration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which were twenty one and twenty two. Yeah, I was gonna say I think I might have had that for the one of the most recent years. Yeah, so, last two years, not not a single one was like you're not crack, cracking yeah. the top thirty, let alone the top ten. <laughs> so I didn't even write them down. I was like, you have no shot against anything I already have in my head. Yeah, uh, which is wild. And there was a couple that uh, I was certain got nominated yeah. and didn't just because the yeah, passage of time, I've forgotten these things. Yeah. 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 Um, like the master. Right. And then once I saw that it wasn't on there, I was like, oh yeah, I remember being upset that year. And not like upset, upset, but like, how, how is this not nominated? Am I that much in the minority? Apparently so. Yeah. Also Zodiac. Not yeah. Nominated. Zodiac, uh, interstellar. Yeah. Interstellar. Right. Um, there were several, but I noticed that do, doing the uh, just the best of the past 22 years. Yeah. 
even going through those first seven years, I was like, well, hold on. Because I just went through what Wikipedia had listed for the wide release. And yeah. then I realized I skipped over a couple of movies that would make it. Uh, like The Fog of War was going to make my top 10. And it wasn't oh, a wide release. Yeah. Right. right. Uh, wow. But I, uh, I remember that. And then I looked at it. I was like, okay, yeah, that came out in 2003 or 2004. Yeah. But I want to say 2003. Like, okay, well, that makes it on the side list. That's making it on. Yeah. Um, but with this, it was even that. So I wrote down all the potentials. <sighs> Yeah. And then I bolded all the ones that merit. And that was, uh, I want to say 28 or 30 films. Yeah. And then I underlined the bolded ones and I cut it down to 20. And then I stared at that 20 for like 10 minutes. I'm not kidding. And then I took three off and I was down to 17. Yeah. And I highlighted the 17, made a new list of the 17, stared at that for another, I'm not even <laughs> exaggerating, stared at that for another 10 minutes. And then I started doing the, okay, I'm only going to take one as best I can from one actor. Right. Uh, and even that only helped partially. And then I just said, it started to do the, if I had the choice between these two, which yeah. one am I watching first? Yeah. And that's what I went with ultimately. And I'm, it's not a best film because there's some that got left off and be like, arguably, this is technically a better film. Right. I'm just more apt to watch this one. I gravitate towards this one. They're both amazing. Right, 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 right. There's a lot to choose from. It really is. And there's a lot of different genres to choose from. Comedies, dramas, uh, superhero films, if you include the Black Panther movie. Um, uh, some sci-fi stuff with The Martian and Arrival. Mm -hmm. uh, some Wes Anderson stuff with Grand Budapest Hotel. Um, the Western True Grit, the remake there. So there's a lot here. Uh, sports films with Moneyball. Uh, and, and Million Dollar Baby, Japanese films. Oh, sorry, uh, Asian films like uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Parasite. Um, Parasite, yes. Um, and then some old school films glad like Gladiator, um, Letters from Iwo Jima. So there's some time period films all in part of this as well. And by the way, I forgot that Frost Nixon was nominated for Best Picture. I was shocked by that. It got bolded, man. It yeah. got moved to the... Yeah. Group of, I thought they saw it on there. I was like, that might be one of my wild cards. And then you look <laughs> at it compared to all the others. And I'm a huge fan. I loved it that year. It Me was too. one of my favorite films. Yeah. And uh, I have actually watched it several times since it came out. Mm. I, I love the progression of the story, the cockiness of Nixon, of like, I can get how much money to do yeah. this bullshit interview. And then he gets sucked in the Sam Rockwell talking mad shit about Nixon and then Nixon walks in the room and he's like, how do you do, sir? It's yeah. a pleasure to meet you, Mr. President. Just like, yeah. yeah. The office still carries weight, even if you hate the person. Yeah. Sam Rockwell doing what every fan does when they talk shit about you on online, when they meet you in person, all of a sudden, oh, hi, hey. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know. Oh, speaking <laughs> of Sam Rockwell, I got a text from my sister last oh, week. Sam Rockwell, yeah. And my, uh, my eight-year-old nephew Oh. Loves the movie Bad uh, Bad Guys, the animated one. Oh yeah, came yeah out. the animated one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he read the books and was excited for the movie. Oh, nice. And he has like he's got like the the poster on his wall, the one they released right for marketing and stuff. He got one of those and he was super excited. Oh, that's cool because it's not a poster you could buy. Like you had to get it. It's this shit that we all loved as kids. Of course, of course. And uh, so he watched the movie and now he's like uh, gone in and who did the voices and all that, and he is convinced that I am adopted. <laughs> and Rockwell and I are brothers 
And my sister has never heard any of the people telling me I look like Sam Rockwell. Really? Yeah. And I'm like, do we? I asked her, I was like, do we really? Because I I see it, but I don't. Not to that degree. And she was like, no, I agree. It's like, you can make it out, but it's not like spot on. Right, right, right. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you know, thank you for that. But I just, (laughs) he's convinced. He's eight years old. He's convinced that I'm adopted. Even though I look, I'm the spitting image of my dad. I think that's great. <laughs> uh, I'm adopted because Rockwell and I are brothers. But anyway, that Rockwell scene in Frost Nixon, oh, huge fan. So good. That is fantastic. I love it. <laughs> yeah. The life coming full circle. Hey, man. Out of the mouths of babes, man. Out of the mouths of babes. Children, no. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there's so much to dive into and explore with all these films, bro. And it was, yeah. I mean, because, I mean. This is where both of us, and one of the reasons, maybe the main reason we start we started the show all those years ago is our love of movies, and because we have such a respect for the medium of film, and so uh, you know, for all our ball busting and joking around and battles and whatever, I mean, at the end of the day, both have this foundation. Both of us have this foundational love of movies. So, ranking them in terms of what we think are the best films of uh of the last 22 years requires a certain amount of attention and time and focus and so what you're talking about about like all the process you went through i absolutely understand that you know because i was doing it not quite at that not quite with as many steps but certainly staring at these titles for minutes on end or you know longer just kind of do i really yeah mm-hmm. but you know that kind of whole conversation and trying to find reasons for why certain ones are ranked where they're ranked and then being surprised at where they're ranked and then trying not to take it personal. Like, yes, it's ninth, but it's ninth out of all these movies. So I have to, so these 10 films, no matter where they're ranked, these 10 films on each of our lists, I think we could both say are of high quality value. Yeah. Just what we're ranking is the best of the best. So, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Some films weren't nominated for best pictures. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I find it even hard to say best of the best. (laughs) Cause if you just want to say qualitatively. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the higher, higher achievement in film. There's one that I left off. I felt brutal about and the achievement of it is absolutely stellar. Yeah. And I hope it makes your list. Um, But it's a movie that I know I'm going to need to take a time off in between each viewing. Yeah. 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 Um, That. Well, one of the arbitrary criteria that I created was just like, okay, well, if I A or B, which one am I putting on first? Yeah. I'm going to put on that one. And right. it it just made the process, the impossible process, a little bit easier. Yeah. Even still, I don't like my list. Yeah. And I had to talk myself out of certain ones that I wanted to put on the list because I had to be like, it, it, I know you love this film, but technically, and looking at it overall, you can't put it on there. You just can't. My own <laughs> personal pride wouldn't let me put it on there. I mean, Manchester by the Sea, I know a lot of people don't talk about that film. I love the slow pace of that movie. I like the performances and the acting and the dialogue and the um, the way Lonergan kind of dives into this way in a, and into this um, situation in such an unusual way. It was fighting in my head for a very long time to get on the list. Because, I mean, that movie got inside of me deep. And so, ah, but in the end, I just, I knew I couldn't. But, man, it wanted to get on there big time in my mind, so... Yeah, that's just that's just one example. One example, for God's sakes. Yeah, I've got one that I will be shocked if it doesn't make your list. I was shocked it didn't make mine. 
Absolutely. Going through and yeah. it's just like, I, I, I need to take a long, to actually go from, and I'm talking, start from first frame, yeah, walk, yeah, yeah. watch all the way to the end. If we just want to say go in for certain scenes, yeah. then that's a different calculus for me. Yeah. But to start at point A and go all the way through to point B, there was one was like, I, I need a lot of time off before doing this because this movie is engrossing. It takes quite a bit out yeah. to get fully invested. And I love it. I think it's an absolute masterpiece of a film. Yeah. It is practically flawless. But I know I can put on these others before I can put this on because it also takes a little bit out of me yeah, yeah. to get through it. It's like, okay, this is the bullshit criteria that I'm creating. I don't, I don't even like the system I came up with. <laughs> but eventually I was like, this is what I'm doing, so I'm sticking to it. I'm just sticking yeah. to it. Like, yeah. suck it up, Matt. This is what you chose to do. <laughs> you can't just arbitrarily go, okay, well, this is the exception, though. Right, like, right No, Because right. nope. then if you do that, then what about this one? Yeah. Exactly. And then what about this one? And she's like, all right, fine. I, th- I think you're going to hate some of the things that are. Yeah. I, honestly, if people get upset and yell at you or I, yeah, but me yeah. specifically, because I can't speak for you and say, how do you not have, you're not wrong. Yeah. You're not wrong. You're literally not wrong. Um, I have no good answer for this one. <laughs> honestly, had, which we've done like yeah. the best, best picture winners is easier. Cause there's numerous. Years oh, yeah. Like, that movie should never have won. It's not even right. contention for me. Right. And That's it's every true. like four or five years where there's one that actually would make it into discussion for me. So yeah. But when you're like, there's several years where four made it on, on the, to the potential. Yeah. 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 Um, That's ironic. Oof. Like 2007. It's a murderer's row year. I think it was 2011 or 12 murderer's row year. Yeah. 2007. Certainly, man. Yeah. That was, that was tough. That was tough. Oof, that and that's the harrowing decision one that I was just discussing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Oof. yeah. I, I mean, I enjoyed this and I hated it. Yeah, at the same time. Uh huh. Which is good. It's like what they say about a negotiation. Both sides need to walk away feeling yeah. like they kind of got cheated a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's somewhat fair. I, I feel like that's the sign maybe of a good list where I'm walking away going, <laughs> ah, okay. No matter how much time I put into it, I still feel incomplete. Yeah. Uh, wow. All right. Well, without further ado, let's get it. No kibitz on anything else. We're jumping into this thing. Yeah. We got so much jumping. Uh, Matt, how does the show work for anybody who might be new to our program? Uh, well, we set a topic, and then we realized that topic is just too arduous and larger tasks. So <laughs> then we figure out a new topic. And then we yeah. go our separate ways. Great personal time. To top 10. Let's show back Oof. up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one apiece. Once we have revealed our personal top 10 list, we create the shows between the two of us. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> yes. At 10. Yeah. I, I put on uh, once upon a time in Hollywood. Wow. Okay. Go ahead, man. That did not make my list. So it is. It, honestly, probably wouldn't make most people's list. Hmm. It's a return to form for me for, of Tarantino. Certainly. Um, it leapt into the, wow, this could be one of his most rewatchable now for me. Yeah. I flat out love it. I can start that from any point or from moment one all the way through. The climactic fight scene still leaves me as giddy, mm. almost as giddy as the first time seeing it in the theater because 
Like when he goes for the for the flamethrower, I remember sitting in my seat and realizing about 10 seconds before it happens or 15 seconds going, oh, he's got that flamethrower out there. <laughs> and being so excited when he pulls it out. Right. And now knowing that it's coming, it still provides quite a bit of exhilaration. The interaction between DiCaprio and Pitt is yeah. nothing short of fantastic. DiCaprio talking with the young actress is one of my Mike's. favorite scenes yeah. in film in the past, I don't know how many years. Oh, you're When right. he's reading that book and then he describes the character in it, and basically it could be a parallel for her future life. Mm-hmm. And he's like trying to hold back and tells him, you're going to be limited. <laughs> I almost had tears in my eyes in the theater and it still gets me. His build up to that when he does that scene and they fucking she comes up to him and tells him like that was the greatest thing I've ever seen. And he's just yeah. like, fucking ain't right. It was <laughs> there are numerous scenes in that movie yeah. that I find absolutely uh, captivating. The yeah. criticism that maybe Margot Robbie was wasted. I, I understand. Yeah, I, I see the merit in what you're saying. Mm. The Bruce Lee discussion i think is bogus personally mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because i think that's all a, a fantasy that brad pitt creates in his yeah, head as to why, yeah right. why he got kicked off the lot well i kicked the shit out of bruce lee like right the bullshit machismo then none of that ever happened so he can make up whatever story in his mind yeah exactly yeah it's a, it's a fantasy maybe he got into a fight with him it looked nothing like this yeah where he got launched into a, a car and crumpled the door and instantly gets up and starts fighting again because he's <laughs> such a badass and be like that is in his mind so i took that for the fantasy it is in the first viewing and it still holds up uh, for yeah. me as such yeah. um yeah al pacino in love with his films early on oh yeah, yeah that's right yeah. I, that the blowing smoke you can't tell if he's actually a fan or he's just blowing smoke up his ass right uh i i, I could get, go on and on and on i it's been a while since Tarantino made something this rewatchable for me. And uh, yeah, just it, it made the list just for that fact, the yeah. rewatchability compared to numerous other movies, but qualitatively you could easily talk me into is a better film Yeah, just for the scope, the magnitude, the, the shot selection, the compositions, the cinematography. I agree with you on all of it. This was my 10. Yeah. Fair enough. That's a great choice. Yeah, for me, it's that last 20 minutes that it falls apart because uh, it doesn't seem warranted at all. Um, that it, Tarantino is asking you to bring in your knowledge of what they did to Sharon Tate as opposed to seeing the fact that they've done anything to anybody to merit that kind of ending. But a lot of people do like that ending, so I, I'm not going to fault it uh, if it's you know on anyone's list for sure. Um, all right, what's your nine? And you're right about a return to form. It absolutely is a return to form for Tarantino. What's your nine? Uh, my nine is Mad Max Fury Road. Ooh, that is a punt. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Solid choice. I, I agree. It is. What's your eight? Uh, eight. Yeah. Shocked it made it on the list. Moneyball. Wow. Matt Nost, really? Dude, I. Wow. All the time go back yeah. to rewatch. Tons of scenes from this. Yeah, that, scene, that, that film is so good. You're right, dude. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy good. Yeah. And it's... You can go back for 
just sections of I can start from from point A right it all the way out to him getting the offer from Boston and deciding you know what I'm going to go back to the Bay Area instead right uh the effect it's had on sports in general which is you know uh, interesting that it's rolled its way over into basketball and and slowly into football right uh but the rapport between uh Pitt and Jonah Hill yeah is just to die for when they initially meet in in the Indians front office and he calls him down to that parking garage. He's like, who are you? And Jonah Hills thinks he's about to get berated and upset and (laughs) pitch just feeling him out so much so that when he calls him later and he's drunk and asks him, would you have drafted me? Where would you have drafted me? Right. And Jonah Hills trying to be nice at first. Yeah. Basically this is, the interview for a job, even though he's technically already traded for him, he could fire him right now. Right. And he's like, I would have taken you. I can't remember what it was. You know, he got taken in the first round. Yeah. And he's like, I would have taken you in the seventh and, and maybe not giving you a signing bonus at all or anything like that. It's a great moment. Oh, and it's, or they're sitting down with the scouts and it's the new world order coming in. The scouts don't realize it. And he's doing oh, that. Yeah. And he points at Jonah Hill and he's like, you want me to speak? And he's like, when I point at you. <laughs> Type up. There's nobody else here in this room. Uh, and like uh, Phil Hoffman. Oh yeah. It's so it's so strange. Hoffman. It's so the good. tiniest of roles. Yeah, yeah. And coming in playing the manager that is disgruntled uh, about it. Yeah. The discussion with David Justice. Oh, that's uh, great at the batting cage. Uh huh. That's fucking great. When Justice is like, "Yeah, I get what you're doing. The pity patter, you know, the, with the other guys. You don't do this bullshit with me." And Billy's just like, okay, that's fine. Let's cut the shit. Yeah. The Yankees are paying you. Well, Justice is like, yeah, you're paying me whatever, $20 million. He's like, I'm not paying you $20 million. The Yankees are paying yeah. us. They're paying you $15 million to play against them. And you're like, that's how little yeah. they think of your, of your yeah. abilities. Like, oh. And then when he's bitching about the, the soda, he does the trade later oh, on. He's like, right. all right, but you got to stock my soda machine for the next two years. And you can tell the other GM is like, what? They can't oh. afford soda in the machine. It's just <laughs> the nickel and diming, but they're a small market. Yeah. Which is so strange. I mean, it is Oakland, but it's Bay Area. The amount of wealth that's up there is yeah, tremendous. It is a lot. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the I have countless times, countless times gone back to watch a bunch of my favorite scenes and the movie start to finish. It's a great point. It's a great point. And how Spike Jones gets Robin Wright is utterly beyond me, but good for you, sir. You mean g- gets her to be in, in the movie. movie. He's oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. the new husband. Yeah. And you see the dynamic between the tr- three yeah, of them. And you're like, that's, yeah, that's right. That's right. How in the world does this work? Okay. Yeah. Is it just, he creates more stability. I, I don't understand. That's what it is. I mean, yeah. N- knowing so many, you know, women who, uh, who are around my age or a little, just a little bit younger and seeing the, like they dated the really hot guy and they married the really hot guy, but then they end up with someone who isn't quite what you would think would be at the same level, but he offers stability. He offers humor, security, care, genuine affection. And those things outweigh, you know, the, uh, the greatest of looks sometimes as a person ages because it's about comfort. And so, yeah, I mean, in that moment, it isn't necessarily the right thing, but, uh, but you, when you, it doesn't look right, but when you, kind of analyze it later and see how um how can i say this how weird billy is sometimes especially when he won't watch the games and his mm-hmm. his own manic kind of approach to things um it, it, in the end i imagine it would grade on somebody it would grade on a partner 
at least yeah. the way the character is constructed in the movie, right? I don't know what Billy Bean is like in real life, but certainly in the the way it's constructed in the movie, there's a lot of of stuff with him. So yeah. So that is my number eight, dude. Fucking great choice, man. They, yeah, they're all great choices. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Um, all right, so then my number ten is uh, Get Out. Go for it. Yeah, I. I this is a movie that, I mean, just changed everything. I think, in my opinion, uh, not only did it completely make you reassess Jordan Peele uh, from just a comedian to something much more, it also um, d- created a fantastic horror film that had shades and connections to some of the cl- most classic horror films from the past, mm-hmm. uh, but also you know, this idea of being trapped by a killer or a set of killers or by people, you know, in not necessarily a cage, but a another human body being trapped to the point where you can't uh, control your body or control what's happening and you know you're trapped. That's horror at its most basic foundation. Add to it the social political conversation around this movie that it is showing at how white people have taken advantage of black people and their abilities and their, you know, in, in slavery and working lower end jobs. I and mean, oh, there's so much here. And then having a white woman seducing a black man uh, alluding to that as well. I mean, it's just genius. And the little moments like when she's separating in her cereal, you know, the colored yeah. parts from the other. I mean, it's just like, whoa. How deep does this go? The idea of I'd have voted for Obama a third time, you know, that whole thing, the tea that, moment. And then when you find out what's actually happening down in that basement, it, the revelation is insane. But Peel is so smart because he also throws in the humor and Lil Howery is so great as uh, as um, yeah. uh, Kaluuya's uh, TSA agent friend who in the end has to come save the day, but it is fantastic. And the dialogue here, the fact that it works on multiple levels, almost every scene works on multiple levels, speaks volumes about the greatness of this film. Because it is, at its basic, a good horror, a great horror film. Uh, But when you um, extrapolate it out, you see that it's about so much more. And that's the genius of this film. You know, it's like a, a little package you open and there's so much inside of it, you know. That's so, what I feel about it. I want to say that uh, the Whitford line was something he just said to Peel offhand. Yeah, probably. And Peel was like, that's so good. We got to put that in the movie. We got to use that. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah. The little Rel, when he's in the police station telling them, oh. like, this is what I think they're doing. <laughs> and he lays out the conspiracy theory. And it kind of takes a little bit of a left turn at the end of it. Like, he's yeah, got. Yeah. He's got about 90% of it in the last 10%. He's just kind of like throwing shit against the wall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and to watch the three cops be like, okay. That's uh, yeah, so good. He, he kills it in his small oh, yeah. little part. He absolutely oh, yeah. kills it. He, yeah. he provides a nice bit of levity uh, in that which movie, is, which is so essential because the movie yeah. is, it's heavy. It's very heavy. Yeah. Once you actually break down what it's really about, it's very heavy for sure. Um, all right. So then my number nine is uh, parasite. Okay, great choice. Yeah, dude, this movie is so fucking good. So fucking good. And I I mean, look, I tried not to put certain films from the same years, but in the end, I got to be honest to what I think the best films are. And so for me, Parasite um, is just a film that works on so many levels. Again, not only is it a film that's a commentary on class 
Uh, it's also a commentary on pursuing your dreams and a commentary on how the pressure of family can get to you. And then also the responsibility and the ugliness and the desperation around love uh, and this whole idea of how a family can come together yet be broken apart by aspiring uh, through nefarious means for more and then discovering that there's an even darker path that can be walked by other people within the construct of this film. Plus, it's so incredibly well-directed, paced, uh, and when and when the surprises happen, they are really shocking in every sense of the word. Mm-hmm. Um, and so much so that by the end, like halfway through that letter, you realize what's actually happening when he's writing that letter at the end. And you're like, oh, my God, it doesn't even end with a happy ending. It ends with a a um, a fake happy ending that that fucks with you pretty hard. So. There's so much about this film that I absolutely loved. And uh, no one's more surprised than me that I'm starting out my list with two technically horror films. So I'm shocked that that's what I'm You consider out. Parasite a horror film? Oh, uh, I would. Absolutely. Because, I mean, the beginnings are there of just, look, this is a family. The dad is absent most of the time. Yeah. Um, and he's a judgmental prick. The mom is kind of flighty. The kid has his own things. And then slowly but surely through insidious means, they get their way into that house by um, framing everybody else. And so you think, okay, this is just a straight kind of, um, what do you call it? Not even a heist film, but some kind of like a, a, you know, I don't know, criminal film or whatever. And then you realize when you see what's going down there in that basement, um, how deep this horror really goes and the, effects of their actions and that they they can't seem to kill this guy no matter how hard they try and so it's haunting them to function within this three-tier power structure and then by the end what happens at that party with everyone um to me it's a horror film in terms of human horror not you know like a, a ghost or anything like that it's just there's a human horror film operating here amongst the class structure film in my opinion but yeah that's just my thoughts on it um, yeah, I just took it for a class struggle. Yeah, like a, a discussion about the how wealth can stratify just normal people into yeah. separate divisions over and over and over again. And what you said about the letter, it's like fake happy. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the movie. It's a yeah. people putting on an artifice of what they are not. Right. Uh, so it ties back into the concept. Uh, you know, once again. And thinking yeah, awesome. that achieving that is supposed to give you happiness when in fact it doesn't. And there's so much more operating underneath it. You know? yeah. I am. I'm, I'm waiting to rewatch that one. Oh, really? Oh, okay. I don't know. I want to take time off and then see it again. So I forget more of it yeah, so yeah, I can yeah. experience it uh, again, but it's an, another excellent choice. It was part of that 30. They got bolded and then just yeah. like, okay, staring at those for a while. Yeah, and like I said, man, this list could change next week. It just just is where I'm at with my yeah life. easily. Yeah, uh, my number eight is Arrival. Great choice. Yeah, I love this movie. Love, 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 love this movie. Look, Denis Villeneuve is unofficially one of the top ten's favorite directors. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as much as I loved Sicario, it was not nominated for Best Picture. I would have totally made this list if it was. Yep. Um, but Arrival, I think, is um, 
his opus. This is an, as much as Dune is expansive, as much as Blade Runner 2049 is a two hour and 45 minute rebirth of that Blade Runner universe, I think Arrival is incredibly brilliant and intelligent, well-written, challenging to the audience. And Amy Adams, maybe one of the greatest Amy Adams performance, if not her greatest Mm -hmm. performance, uh, throughout the movie in what how she's able to maintain the balance of all this and then when you find out what she's done to jeremy renner um in, in the jumping of time here it really makes you reassess her completely as a as a character uh and then you throw in the communication with the aliens you throw in this whole element of it all that feels ironically ground-based even though we're dealing with aliens that are landing on earth um, there's a ground-based nature to it all. And the way the film builds the tension throughout um, and makes you care about Renner and Adams and their growing relationship. And then when you find out what happens, and then that scene with the, uh, was it the Japanese or Chinese ambassador? Chinese, like yeah, Chinese. yeah. Yeah. What happens there, you're just like, oh my God. So there's just so much here. Plus visually, this is yet again, another incredibly uh, a well-directed and visually laid out film uh, by Denis Villeneuve and his cinematographer. So um, I just, I just love this movie, man. And I, uh, it's just one of those ones that never gets enough due in the conversation. Yet. I think it's one of the greatest sci-fi films ever made. It's undeniably incredible. Yeah. Um, it was a, a tough cut. I wish Sicario was yeah oh, shit. in the mix because oh, that makes it, just like the master and a few others were like, Oh shit, this wasn't nominated. Uh, And even with the alien element, it's really a story about uh, family and humanity and choices that you make. And would you make those choices again, knowing the outcomes of them? Yeah. And that's the division that's created between uh, Renner and, and Adams. Yeah. You know, he's pissed off and, I understand both sides of the argument. I think I lean more towards her. I I think you have to from the way, because you get to spend more time with her. So you, you know, you can't be faulted for siding with her. You don't get separate alone time with Jeremy Renner throughout the movie to see the progression for him and how this has affected his life, you know? But also the beauty that that person brought into the world. Yeah. Like you still need, you still would want for them to experience those things, no matter how short the duration is. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah it's, it's harrowing. It's yeah. a hell of a choice. It's a beautiful movie. It is. It is. Uh, all right. What's your, what's your number seven, man? Uh, my seven is uh, it's a four letter word called punt. So you just want to go ahead and say punt. Yeah. All right. The social network. Yeah. Punt. <laughs> okay. What's your six then? Uh, six is not on your list. Okay. Uh, the King's Speech. Oh yeah, I had a feeling it would find its way onto your list. Uh, go ahead, man. I've I've been actually rewatching some scenes from it recently, just randomly before we even came up with this list. So uh, I, it was nice to go back and revisit them again. Just thinking about maybe putting this on. Uh, go ahead, sorry. Um, well, sorry. Right. Uh, I've watched it now several, like several times, and mm. that's not including going back for the speech pathology scenes. Right, 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 right. Or the the revelation that he's not a doctor. Yeah. Um, or the actual uh, speech at St. Abbey's. Mm. 
um, going back for, there are several scenes that selectively I will go back for, yeah. and I've gone start to finish now. I don't know how many times I find it. I don't know, really uh, just absolutely captivating. Yeah. And the stakes of what's involved, because it's it seems like nothing. Yeah. But you know, we've <laughs> we've lived through the past couple of years, yeah, a very tumultuous time. In the moments when we've had confidence exhibited by various leaders, it's been emboldening. Good call, a good point. Yeah. You can feel it and you can rally around that. Like that's that is the pep talk we needed. Right now, we all needed to hear that we can get through this. Yeah. And especially in a less connected age, like at the start of World War II, and this looming specter of Nazis barreling through Europe. Yeah. If the voice of your country, the figurehead of your identity, doesn't have the confidence and, and has this stammer, unfortunately, subconsciously, that's going to have an effect on you, whether or not you're willing to acknowledge it. So, and it's something I had never thought about. Mm. And to see the progression in the film uh, and the revelation like early on when he has the headphones on and he's just saying that Shakespearean speech, I can't remember which play it's from. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. to be or not to be, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. From, from Hamlet. Hamlet? Yeah. Um, and he listens back in that aha moment and then he goes back to Jeffrey Rush. Um and then the interactions with Rush and his family, like he's this failed actor. He's a yeah. wannabe performer, but he got into this line of work because he, he can listen and he can yeah. help and, and provide sound advice. And that's all it is. Yeah. Because the medical cures that we've seen thus far are absolutely ridiculous. Put 57 marbles in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Try talking. It's like, that's the best doctor. This dude has been knighted. This is his solution. Yeah. Yeah. All the doctors telling him to smoke because it's calming. <laughs> okay. In hindsight, not the best medical advice. No. Uh, yeah. I, I, I realize if we reached out to a thousand of our listeners, yeah, I would be shocked if 10 of them had it on their, their top 10 yeah. list. Yeah. Uh, but you make a great case for it, man. And, and certainly, I mean, the relationship between uh, Colin Firth and Jeffrey Rush in the film is, the biggest selling point when I go back and watch it because it goes on a very unusual journey in that initially, you know, it's this idea that, well, I'm the um, king. And so you're going to have to deal with that and how you deal with that. And then I'm going to be really nice to you until you threaten um, my status or threaten, you know, to, to believe we're equals Uh, And so then I'm going to toss this out there when I randomly feel like it, Uh, like when they have that interaction, when they're walking around the park and he just leaves him there cold, Mm -hmm. it's really shocking. So it challenges a viewer to be like, well, do I really like this guy or not? Well, because he sympathize with a Royal or not, you know, and because Jeffrey Rush says, well, you could be King. And he's like, that's treason because it's for before his brothers abdicated the throne. Exactly. 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 Um, so there's more here, and then as the relationship progresses, and then the king real or the prince realizes that he's got to, um, you know, kind of open the door to have him come back, and the battles that Jeffrey Rush is fighting with, you know, the Pope or was it the Pope? No, there's the Cardinal and uh, uh, Churchill and others. It's it's 
even yeah. with uh, Helena Bonham Carter, uh, even though she's the one that kind of makes this happen, uh, they have an issue. They have also have a moment where they're kind of disagreeing with each other about the situation. So, so it's a fantastic exploration of the relationship between these two men as all this real madness is going on mm-hmm. that the world has never experienced. Yes, there was World War One. But I mean, it was nowhere near what the threat of the Nazis in World War II was, you know. And then the fact that there's still Nazis now, Matt, coming back in a way across the world shows you the difference between like the Kaiser in World War One and the German the German approach in World War One versus the Nazis in World War Two. So the fact of the matter is I don't necessarily think the Nazis are coming back. The Nazis just hit on great marketing for hate yeah true very true. and it's an easy thing to go you know what i agree with this brand of hate <laughs> that makes me this i like this hate yeah. yeah that hate existed before the nazis it just didn't have the pr right and the propaganda machine good point. uh so now that they can latch on to it all these years later <laughs> good for you guys good hey, for you. you know good for you exactly <laughs> fucking I have too many thoughts on that front fair enough um, um, but anyway, yeah, that's yeah. my six. Okay. Uh, so then my seven is zero dark 30. A brutal cut. Yeah. A brutal I, cut. I couldn't take it off the list. I mean, just it's just, it's Jessica Chastain's like leveling up performance. It's the sure. performance that absolutely made you rethink what Jessica Chastain was capable of fully. Um, and I love the way this film um, goes. It's a way better film than The Hurt Locker. I think Bigelow directed both, so it's a way better film than The Hurt Locker, in my opinion. It's not even close. Yeah, and I love the progression of this, her story. And yes, I like that it kind of offended people on the left and the right. I like that it absolutely told this story in the way that it wanted to tell the story uh, and the waterboarding and the torture and all that kind of stuff. I like that that was an element of the film. And then you see how this becomes an obsession for her, how she goes toe to toe with the people who are stopping her from going after bin Laden. Certainly the red tape and the bureaucracy of it all is there to see. And then when they, when she actually gets to conduct the mission, Oh, and then we see her friend, uh, get, you know, getting killed in the bomb or getting injured in the bomb and all that. So that adds even more weight to what mm-hmm. she's trying to do. And then at the end there, when she's actually getting to run the mission with those guys, with Edgerton and Pratt, she, you know, is in charge and commands it. And then, boom, that final shot of her on that uh, carrier on the plane there, just kind of looking around as if, like, well, fuck, what do I do now? Yeah. I, I where do you want to If Airman comes on, where do you want to go? I'm supposed to take you anywhere you like. And she's yeah. Like, I don't know. This has been my whole life know. for so long. Yeah. So I love I, the boardroom I, scene. Where it's, oh, right. it's yes. Gandolfini coming in and he's the head of the CIA. Yeah, yeah. And he's asking around like Mark Strong and others. Yeah. And they're all like, I'm I'm seventy six percent sure. <laughs> they're all coming up with these numbers and, and ultimately he's like, What do you think to Jessica Jastain? He's like, He's there. He's yeah. fucking there. Quit being <laughs> a bunch of pussies. He's there. And you gotta respect well- of course. She's of course. a little too inside, so you have to take her advice along with everybody else's because yeah. you are breaking you know, international borders and right. I'm sure various treaties and whatnot. And it's not like we don't do this still to this day and operate Please. illegally inside of other people's countries. Of course. Uh, but, yeah, the, 
honestly, it was, I, and I just rewatched this like two months ago. Wow. Okay. It's a fantastic film. Yeah. But the thing is, it had been a couple of years since I've seen it. And it'll right. probably be a couple of years again. And that's why I was like, it, I'll watch these others before I watch this. Because I like the time off. Yeah. I like going on the journey. Yeah. You like and to savor the newness of it all still. Yeah. yeah. But it's just like, that. oh, yeah. And then they hit this wall. And then they had this lead the whole time. Why did nobody see this and be like, well, because we were literally getting 2,000 leads a day. Yeah, right. Every day. Right. right. You can't follow them all. We don't, you know, even with the quote unquote unlimited budget that we have, yeah. there's still, you know, it can only go so far. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just following around, <laughs> trying to triangulate that cell phone, oh, driving God. through bazaars. Yeah. Uh, that was, yeah. Which is why when I see, nonsense like that on like homelands i go insane because i'm like see that's bullshit what you're seeing in zero dark 30 is actually how maddening that shit can actually be how tedious yeah yes and tedious yes absolutely Whew. um okay so that was my number seven though so my number six is uh mad max fury road that's the punt from early oh, okay yeah 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 just in the bottom half, but man, it was fighting, fighting to get in that top five. But in the end, I had to kind of put it where it's at. Um, mainly because it's not as, as not as elevated as a film as I, uh, as the top five are in my opinion. So okay. this film is a spectacle and a half with incredible performances throughout the film. And it is speaking about the idea of a male dominated society, you know, um, keeping women in a certain place and how a woman has to break the chain of that um, and take center stage over Mad Max, which is really surprising, um, but in a damn good way. So, yeah, but I, I love this movie from top to bottom. George Miller still, you know, understands his franchise all these years mm -hmm. later so well. Had this been during the Mel Gibson era. Oh, yeah. Um, so they could pull off the spectacle just as well then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you put Mel in there. I think I walk out a little bit disappointed ever so slightly because to me, it'd be almost like an Inglorious Bastards. You sold me on Mad Max. Right. It's really a story about the world yep, that they yep. live in as opposed to Mad Max. Yep. And in this, with Tom Hardy replacing, I wasn't as affected by it. I thought he was awesome in it. Yeah, um, but it wasn't a Mad Max story per se. He's just kind of floating into the middle of this already ongoing saga. Yeah, and it, we experience it through his eyes, right? As Furiosa is trying to liberate those women from basically being, you know, mares. Yeah, for uh, Emmertan Joe and his dysfunctional group of, you know, genetic delinquents. Yeah. <laughs> Just to say the least. Yeah. Uh, they're all like, you know, one recessive gene after another. <laughs> um, That's a good point. But I mean, it, it, it takes the action film and yeah. elevates it to a degree that it got nominated for an Oscar and rightly so. Yeah. And all the people that wanted to be upset that they're like, oh, it's a stupid action film. Be like, you cannot deny how absolutely breathtakingly incredible yeah. this whole thing is. Yeah. It is impossible for you to sit here and tell me that, you know, anything else you want to nominate against it is as magnificent to behold as this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that made me happy. That's where the expansion to possible 10 really yeah. benefits something like this. Cause if it's a five year, then there's a 
excellent chance that it gets snubbed. Right. Right. And it really shouldn't. It never had a chance to win. Yeah. Even yeah. though it by merit, I think should have been in that discussion. Yeah. A lot of people felt it should have been in the discussion for sure. Yeah. Um, but I am happy that at least it's elevated to within the overall discussion, as opposed yeah. to being on the outside looking in. Yeah. And then you have to have lived through it to remember that it was in the discussion. Right. Right. Um, Some points. Yeah. yeah. It just, this is what an action film, not every action film needs to have these stakes. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. Um, this one does. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you have cake every night, well, it's not as good. <laughs> And you're gonna gain weight. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're gonna gain weight, but it's just like uh, this one, yeah, I had cake last night and this night. But it's just like it's nice when oh, I'm used to you know, whatever yeah. the case is, a lesser form, just cookies or something, something that was not <laughs> as good. Yeah. Uh, and then tonight we're having fuck cake. Like sweet. Uh let's do it. Yeah, an amazing movie. Yeah. He really um, outfit himself. Yeah. So all right, well, uh, should we take a break, Matt? Yeah, let's take a quick break. Hear this word from our sponsor. We'll be right back. In just a moment. All right, there we go. Let's jump into our top fives. Let's do it. At number five, I have The Martian. Toughest, toughest cut, man. Toughest cut. Wildly rewatchable. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Look, can I say tit for tat that it's a better film than some others? No, but once I set the criteria of if I had to turn on A versus B right now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Martian's winning out. And I'm shocked by it, but walked out of the theater when I initially saw it, and I was like, wow, this was so much fun. I had decent expectations going right. into it. Right. And Ridley. I mean, Ridley wasn't on a roll. So that yeah, only makes true. sense. Yeah. And Matt Damon needing to be saved again. Yeah. <laughs> he almost didn't take the movie because yeah. of interstellar yeah because he's like i was just saved in space how many more times are people going to watch a movie with me being saved in space and ridley had to tell him like read the script it's not that yeah and he read the script and he's like well, okay well this is definitely not that yeah um but it's been it's very much like castaway he spends so much time alone mm-hmm. that you're really just focused on him yeah and to watch him have to quote unquote you know science the shit out of this really does it makes it engaging and entertaining as he's just doing straight to camera yeah and explaining and all the uh you know by international law he's a pirate that's fun yeah but having to figure out the small little adjustments and and everything that he's going to need to do to make it off and then the practically rigged and duct taped final solution to get him off the planet yeah. is sadly kind of what exactly would happen <laughs> we're just going to strap this shoot over the top you're going to pull every last thing you can get out get out of there because payload is the number one priority yeah uh maybe not in our armageddon world where you can just take up ammunition for no reason but in the rest of space exploration <laughs> payload is job number one to figure out yeah uh it's just i don't know I, it makes me want to go turn it on as soon as the show's over right now. <laughs> and I could watch it start to finish. No problem. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's a great cast. It's it, it definitely one of the best Ridley Scott films ever made. Um, my issues are a little bit with uh, how things kind of play themselves out in the end a little bit. And also I feel like uh, Kristen Wiig is completely miscast in the role that she's playing. 
Um, uh, but I mean, the great surprises having Benedict Wong come in as the head of the JPL, like those are great scenes. Donald Glover figuring things out um, like he does. Um, and then, of course, as you said, Matt Damon in those moments where he's talking to the camera, I mean, breaking the fourth wall in a way by recording those videos. But in a way, it's it's a smart way to break the fourth wall. I think is genius. Absolute genius. Makes you care about this guy, connect to this guy so that when uh, the rescue happens, which, you know, factors in so many crazy things that have to go right. You're just at the edge of your seat when all of that is happening. Oh, and Jeff Daniels is great in this yeah. movie as well so yeah sean bean lives for once that's right it's for once <laughs> chuatel uh edu right. four is right. uh, great and sebastian stan and mara and chastain again and michael yeah. pena just an yeah. amazing cast top to bottom agreed agreed um so then my number five is joker okay go for yeah. it yeah dude this film this film did a fucking number on me man it is still a film that is resonating in my mind and now, you know, we're recording this on the heels of the announcement that the sequel is coming in 2024. It's been confirmed, although it's Warner Brothers. I, I don't take anything for granted, but yeah, that's what they announced today. And um, but this film, it it is an incredible performance from Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, dare I say, one of the most unsettling protagonists that you're ever going to see in a film. Yes, people will um, denigrate it by calling it a copy of Taxi Driver or a copy of Scorsese, which I think is absolute hogwash. There are influences for sure, but great. But how can I say this? Just because you're influenced by a filmmaker in his movies or her movies does not mean you're going to be able to create a film that is on that level. There are plenty of filmmakers who are influenced by phenomenal filmmakers from the past who are currently working or did work back then and still can't reach the levels that Todd Phillips reached in his version of Joker, which is which does have Scorsese vibes all over it. But he, oh, yeah. he destroys it. I mean, he destroys it in such an incredible way. And that score, that score is a whole other separate character in the movie and rightfully won uh, best uh, score at the Oscars. Um, but you're seeing this progression as an example, as, an, as a reflection of what's going on in our society to a lot of people and probably more people than we're uh, ready to admit. Uh, and sometimes within our circle of friends or within our circle of fandom or within our circle of fans, we see uh, people who have the potential to become what uh, uh, he becomes in the movie and is driven by the instances in the film uh, to become what he becomes. Not that there's, I'm not excusing it. I'm just saying you're, you understand as the movie progresses this is already an unstable guy stepped on by society who, instead of becoming an uplifting story, who overcame these struggles and these trials and tribulations to accomplish more in life. He's mm -hmm. actually gone the other route, which is to have that shit poison him from the inside out uh, to create these fantastical worlds in his mind, like what he has with Zazie Beats. But in reality, he is a much more embittered, frustrated, angry, powerless man who finally cracks and is somehow able to um, uh, obtain power through man this maniacal way and achieves a level of greatness in the film for all the wrong reasons. Uh, so I, I just think it's incredible, dude. And the direction here from Phillips, the cinematography, uh, the pacing, and then the performances from everybody across the board 
um, just speaks volumes of how great this film still is and is. Yeah. Yeah, this was the safest bet of potential WBs to be coming just because the yeah. first one made so much money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Made a yeah, break. whereas a lot of the others are straight up in the air. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, Joker tapping into the general unrest and people just being displeased with the current state of the world and yeah. unwittingly becomes the face of this uh, movement. Yeah. It's not like, a, you know, he had some grand master plan in a very Joker fashion. Joker never really strives right. for that type of thing. He just Good wants point. to sow seeds of chaos. Yeah. Uh, and if you're willing to come along, great. If not, well, you might be collateral damage Yeah. in his chaos. He just wants to watch the world burn. Yes. Yeah. Michael Caine once said. It's all he wants to do. That's it. <laughs> it's his only motivation. Um, yeah. And uh, the nice, you know, uh, allusions to a future Batman with yes. tie in with, you yeah. know, uh, his father and then with Thomas Wayne yeah. and then going to the house and whatnot. Uh, but no need to bring in Batman specifically. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought that's great because then otherwise it becomes a crutch. Yeah, agreed. Um, okay, what's your four? My number four is the big short. Ooh, interesting choice. Go ahead, Matt. Should have seen that coming with your off the charts rewatchability for me. Yeah, yeah. McKay has a style that I like. I, I watched Vice again last week. Oh, nice. Uh, it's good. Yeah, it's not. Anywhere near what Big Short for is for me. Blue, true. And I, I, not a hundred percent a fan of some of the choices, but overall, I think it's a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Big Short to me, um, I, a couple months back, I watched it again. I probably watched it ten times. Wow. And I go back and watch very specific scenes, not the interstitial cuts where they're explaining, right? Uh, right, right. But more so when. The uh, group goes down to say um, um, they're on trying to do a fact finding mission. They go down to Florida, yeah, and they're driving through the area. And the real estate agent's like, you know, what? they're pretty motivated to sell. And Steve Carell's like, seems like we got a lot of motivated sellers around here, right here, <laughs> around here. And it's like, well, we're in a bit of a gully, but we're going to pick back up. And you can see all these for sale, for sale, for sale. Yeah. And he talks to that stripper, and the stripper is like, you know, what do you mean one property? Like I, he's befuddled she has numerous properties that he had she had, that she's got multiple mortgages on because that was the advice yeah. that she was given <laughs> they show up at that guy's house and realizes that he's a renter and yeah. the owner is behind on the mortgage and he's like what am i going to do like you can see the collateral damage of this about to lay waste to countless families and lives oh, and the when the two younger guys are celebrating in the casino with right. Brad Pitt after they close the deal and Pitt it stops him. Yeah. yeah. Just chastises him. And he's yeah. like, shut up. Do you know for, I think it's every one percentage point that unemployment goes up, 40,000 people die or something yeah. ridiculous. And they're, they go from elation to, I got to call my mom. Yeah. <laughs> just first for, you know, the, the gentleman in glasses, like I need to talk to my mom. <laughs> um so true because you know on some level we we all go there the of sense of comfort um yeah. they over and over and over again mm-hmm. within that all these signs along the way that there's no way this is is sustainable 
Yeah. How are these the only individuals that saw the pitfalls of this? Yeah. And the end of the movie, which, you know, McKay does it in Vice, like a third of the way through, and they cut to that shot of them all at the lake, and they're like, and yeah. everything just ends, and he goes off to him, and he's like, psych! <laughs> and I, I didn't care for that and that, but that's one small aspect of that movie overall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do it in the big short, to I think the perfect degree right at the end and be like, and we learned and we did this and we did right. this. And like, actually none of that happened. Yeah. Only this guy faced prison. And it was one trader, I think from Deutsche bank. Of course. Uh, maybe it was USBC. And that was it. And yeah. it was just like, and, and those tranches came back. They just got rebranded as something else. Yep. And this came back and they just call it something different. And we're basically setting up the system all over again to do it. And you're like, oh my God, it's yeah. so painful to watch. And yet depressing. yeah, it is. And but, yet the, the journey, all the characters go on. Yeah. I, I find endless, the backstories, Christian Bale talking about doesn't realize that he's describing why he's good at this job. Yeah. As right. he's describing himself saying, you know, I've never really gotten along with people and I've kind of just found solace by myself. You know, he put up his, his match profile and that's how he found his wife, but he was just brutally honest. Yeah. And she responds with that. That's what I've been looking for. Someone who's just honest. Yeah. Boom. But oh. yeah, over and over. I, it, I mean, literally I can watch that right now. Yeah. Drop of a hat. I, I love that film. Dude. I'm surprised all these years later that it just keeps gaining momentum and how much I enjoy it. Well, I mean, because you're getting older, right? So, so, so some of the stuff that they talk about in the movie now becomes something that you actually are aware of and looking at. And of course, you as a you know um, homeowner and also renting out. I mean, you've got a different point of view on this, and that grows as that grows. So, the connective tissues of them appeal to you a bit more. Plus, you have. Yeah. I think we both have a proclivity for documentaries, but you certainly do like to include them in our lists. So this is essentially being told in a documentary fashion, even though uh, it is a, uh, a you know, uh, fictional movie, but it's about a real thing that happened, you know. So um, how many of those exchanges are actually real? We don't know, but certainly the way he's presenting them are uh, effective as hell. Yeah. Uh, when you're watching. Them. Yeah. The sequence of events. Yeah. And. Yeah, that uh, did happen. Yeah. And Chris. Yeah. Christian Bale going to the banks and initially wanting to bet against and his investors coming yes. and telling that I want to get my money out. You knew all those things happened. Yep. And the oh, pitch yeah. from Ryan Gosling to yes. Carell and his group, yeah. you know, that happened obviously. Yep. Um, all of it. Man. Yeah. Which yeah is, I love that. It's how, hard how, to consider. Yeah. How are you fucking us? Look, I'm not fucking you. <laughs> you get the Sunday, Vinny, you get the Sunday. I get the yep. cherry on top and the sprinkles, but you get the Sunday. It's just a gosling. Once again, who knew a Mouseketeer could be this good? <laughs> Thankfully, I didn't know that about him when I first yeah. got introduced to him acting wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just got to experience him as an actor. Right. And right. now it's like, I don't give a shit that you did that in the past. No, because you are what you are and you're yeah. cool doing what you're doing. Yeah. Whereas Timberlake, like, you'll always be a boy band guy to me. Yeah. Yeah. He tried the acting thing. It, it's not really. Yeah, what do you think it's yeah. Be like? yeah, which is understandable. You become that famous, and mm -hmm. you know, why not try your hand at it? Harry Styles right. is trying now. We'll see yeah, if it works out for him. Right, we'll see. Um, all right, that was your number four. 
Correct. Okay, so then my four is No Country for Old Men. That is a punt. Okay. What's your three? Uh, my three is The Wolf of Wall Street. Ah, oh, there you go. Go ahead, my man. Uh, Just. Ah. <laughs> the, I saw the first time. I thought it was good. <laughs> yes. And then it got to Amazon Prime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. It's and right. it was the first streaming service that had it. And I have Amazon Prime, you know, don't mean to brag. Hey, uh, <laughs> that service that uh, 70% of the world's uh, population had. I don't know what the number is. Can't it's figure it out. Yes. It's a lot. Uh, and then I watched it again and I was like, boy, that was good. Yeah. And then I watched it again. And I was like, Fuck, that was really good. And then it has just gotten better and yeah. better and better. Every time I watch it, I find another little thing that maybe I missed or I appreciate another acting choice that Leo has made. Yeah. Uh, the first time I saw it to even now him being drugged up, trying to get into the Lamborghini. Oh, dude. Yes. If when someone tries to play drunk or out of their mind on drugs, it never works. Yeah, no. You can and see you see it. this. Yeah. It's so over the top. I've never been on Quaaludes. <laughs> but it looks so real. Yeah, yeah, it does. Him describing his drug regimen at the beginning of the movie when he throws that glass of OJ that he hasn't finished over his shoulder because he's just burning through cash and his life is just a ridiculous one, you know, fantasy. I don't know how you function. Yeah. I, I take this, you know, this to get up, this to come down, this to level off the high, this at lunchtime. And then after lunch, I come back, I pop two of these and then I do some of this. And then I smoke some pot to take the edge off. And you're like, Oh my fucking God. Yeah. But just the building, it's very good fellas esque. Mm -hmm. It's the build and build and build. And then all hell, everything goes to hell. Yeah. Um, but the dynamic between, him and Jonah Hill is another time Jonah Hill has a great dynamic uh, on the list for me. Yeah. Like them early on bonding and smoking crack. Yeah. Yeah. At the bar. And then him. Yeah. They go to that little phone booth type thing yeah, yeah, to, to quit the job. Yeah. Yeah. He walks up to him at that booth and he's like, what do you do? Hey, you, we live in the same building. Like, what do you do? <laughs> and he tells him, you know, what he does. He's like, you, you know, you know, fuck you. Show me. He's like, you show me that right now. I quit my job and I come work for you. And he shows it to him and he calls up his, hey, Maury, I'm fucking done. Uh, type of thing. And then he has to explain, like, I love the, are you married to your cousin? It was all the, I mean, yeah, yeah, but I just didn't want to watch other guys fuck my cousin. You know what I mean? So like, no, no, I don't. No, I don't at all. And DiCaprio just going to sit there and be like, yeah. and then you see that his friends and you're like, Jonah Hill fits in very well with your friends. Yeah. yeah. The friends yeah, that yeah. you already have that you bring into, you know, the business this billion dollar business that you create. Yeah. These are the assets that you have handing, you know, helping you run it. Just incredible. Absolutely incredible. The fact that this is a true story. Yeah. That's even more mind numbing to be honest with you. Oh yeah. But Scorsese really outdid himself. It's been a while since I've enjoyed a Scorsese this much. Yeah. And thank God for streaming services. <laughs> because it, it wouldn't have cracked this list without Amazon prime when it first got, you know, released on there. That should be on the, the poster. Thank God. For Thank God for Amazon. I, that knows the top 10. Thank God. Oh, genius. Genius. Yeah, I like the film a lot, man. In fact, the, hearing you talk about it, I want to put it on right now and watch it. It's so, so much fun. I think it's, I think it frays at the edges near the end, 
But like overall, it's a hell of a journey, and DiCaprio is incredible in the film. You know, people talk about Aviator. This, you know, it was oh, this is you know Scorsese and DiCaprio. This is the film that I think, in my opinion, um, shows you both of them at the top of their game, Scorsese and DiCaprio in a collaboration, and that this film just absolutely nails it. And the progression of him in terms of where he starts out and how insane this becomes. And then, as you said, the Quaalude scene, I, when I walked out of the theater, I think I texted a friend of mine and I just said, or maybe I said it on the show when we talked about it. I said, like, that's what they should teach in acting school. If you can pull that scene off in a believable way, then you get to graduate. If you can't, you don't get to graduate. You, get to cut, you have to come back another year until yeah. you can pull that scene off because that scene physically, uh, emotionally, and um, I don't facially – you the believable yes you're laughing at what you're watching but he is not laughing at what's happening he is very in the um uh scene the emotions of the scene for himself and in his mind that he's tricked himself that he was somehow able to drive home with no damage to his car and then yeah. when you see the reality of it all it's a great twist um, and I mean, the scene at the end on the boat and the freaking out, all of that, the stuff that's happening there, the scene when he's like, I'm not going, oh my God, that, that, that alone is a phenomenal meme, uh, let alone a great scene to watch, you know, Rob Reiner coming back to do some acting in the film was great yeah. to see as well. So there's so much that speaks to the toxicity of manhood in that movie, but also the toxicity of wealth, the toxicity of capitalism, mm -hmm. the toxicity of unchecked. Uh, um, uh, crimes that are happening financially uh, that people are and, and the gullibility of people to buy into this because we're so programmed in our minds in our society to see wealth as success, wealth as uh, status, uh, wealth as power and it isn't, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that it isn't, but certainly this the striving for it is what leads you to be uh, a victim of people like Jordan Belfort yeah. and others yeah, um, that have certain people will take advantage of that. Yes, and don't care. And don't care. No, yeah. plenty of salesmen do not give a fuck. They only care about, like you said, the lizard. The predators are predators, and they're in essence predators, and they don't give a fuck. So, yeah, yeah, you are nothing but a dollar sign. Yeah, exactly. To them. Um. All right. So then, my number three is nineteen seventeen. A brutal cut. Oh, dude, this film. Is so good, man. So good. And I went back and forth because it's the same year as Parasite. And I was like, should I, should I not? I was like, no, I've got to be honest uh, for me. Uh, what are the top 10 films, no matter what year they came out? And for me, um, 1917 qualifies. I knew as, as soon as that film was done, I'm like, that's an instant classic. I don't need to watch it more than once to know that. Um, and it's the great one of the greatest films I've ever seen. Uh, the direction here from Mendez to do it all in essentially one take and to mm -hmm. fool you into believing it's all one take, because I think there were cuts. But the journey you go on with these two guys and then eventually this one guy is uh, just stellar and moving and crazy and insane. Uh, and for a World War um, uh, two, uh, uh, one film one. to kind of show you the madness of what that war was like beyond just trench warfare, the insanity that you're dealing with, I think uh, uh, it was an incredible achievement by Mendes and all the different scenes from like the night scene in that French town 
the eerie madness yeah. of that, the German uh, fighter, you know, landing and what happens to his mm-hmm. friend on the plane, what happens to his friend, the explosion when they're underneath the tunnels and all that kind of shit, and then getting to where he needs to get to and all that ensues from that. So there's just so much here that was a, a joy to watch in the performances from top to bottom from two guys I didn't know too well as actors and what they no. were going to bring throughout the whole movie. You know, the One had to be pointed out to me. He was like, oh, that's the dude from Game of Thrones. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all the names are smartly. They're just waypoints on the story. Yeah. As you check in with these officers. Yeah. Uh, we focus on it, it. I think you get sucked into the story better because you have no real understanding of who these two individuals are. So you're not bringing yeah. any previous films with you yeah when you experience True. this good point good point yeah you have yeah. something kind of clear yeah yeah, yeah yeah so you can just say oh this is that character yeah uh yeah yeah if you haven't seen it it's i think it's on one of the streaming services as well and it's it's i think it's on amazon prime or not amazon, um i think it's on peacock or hulu one of those so if you want to watch it you can um all right what's your two dude uh my deuce is master and commander Oh, really? Far side of the world. Dude. Nice, dude. I only took one or two crows. <laughs> Gladiator. The thing is, it was like, it was between this and Gladiator. Really? Right on, man. And I thought about it. It was like, both of these should make my list. But if they're going to make my list, they're both going to be top fives. Oh, yeah. yeah fair so enough. Maybe I should okay. make a choice between the two. Because I have like, I got two pits on here, but they're at the bottom. Yeah. I'm fine with that. So yeah. that I uh, the choice between the two, and I went. You know what, Master and Commander is a singular film. It's it's so rare, yeah, to get now. It, it's exceedingly rare also to get Roman films, but there have been oh yeah a few over the over the years. Oh sure, that I've gotten sucked into. Whereas actual naval warfare and and living on a ship and having to go off and fight privateers and yeah. It doesn't exist. I can't think of another one like it at all. That's a good point. You're right. Uh, so I chose it for that. It was a tough choice between the two. Yeah. Um, plus, I think overall, I pref- I like Master and Commander. Um, mm-hmm. When I watch Gladiator now, there are certain scenes where they're good scenes. I just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know what? If they were cut out, I don't care. Yeah, that's I. Yeah, I feel that way about Gladiator, even though it's a fun watch. Yeah, there are just some scenes that are like uh, a little. Cheap. A lot of like the Joaquin with his sister. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the behind the scenes. We I get it. He's evil. We get it. He's evil. yeah. Him and his dad. That sets the stakes oh, for totally. Totally. the ultimate. You know, when they square off in the Coliseum, because that affects him and Maximus. So it yeah. makes sense. Right, right, right. Um. Yeah. Whereas Master and Commander, I I can't think of a single frame I would cut. Uh, That's a good point. So, and then it brings in like the Darwin-esque elements, these naturalists going off, the Paul Bettany characters, and the kid that loses his arm becomes, you know, one of his assistants and they're going out. And they kind of represent the the humanity of Captain Jack. Yeah. And he has to turn that off at certain points and be like, I can no longer be this individual because I am a machine of war. And right now I am being called into duty. We have to chase this person down. We have to go after them. Uh, <laughs> it's, you know, I've read numerous books about seafaring voyages right. over the years. So to see 
something akin to that being brought to life. Uh, it, it still pains me to this day that the series was being, you know, the groundwork was being laid for it and it just wasn't successful enough at the box office that it just got killed Yeah, before it could really get up off its feet. And it's a shame, right? It, it is. But at the same time, like I'm not surprised either. If they're going to do that, then it needs to be more like pirates and a swashbuckling yep. type of thing. But they're Point. giving a more realistic portrayal of a world that most people don't give two shits about, unfortunately. <laughs> sure. And I find fascinating. Yeah. Hey, you're going to be stuck on this boat for minimum three to four years. You may never go home. This is going to be your world. Literally. Enjoy. Okay. <laughs> Something I would never do. I would never sign up for that. So that's why I'm, I gravitate towards a story like that. And I find it fascinating. So that is my number two. That's a great choice, dude. I know we broke it down on the cinephiles a few weeks ago and a few months ago, rather we were, we brought on two guests who do a podcast on Patrick O'Brien and his books that the master and commander is. Based oh yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's called the lubbers hole. L U B B E R. They're two really intelligent dudes. One British, one American who dive into the aspects of the entire series and all of that. So it's a great listen. If any of you want to get into it and are into it as Matt is about that particular story. Um, my number two, Matt, it didn't make it. The social network landed at number two. I thought for sure there was no way it wasn't going to be number one. But in the end, when I looked at my number one and I looked at my number two, I I could not switch them. I could not switch them. And in the end, Social Network landed at number two, the punt from earlier from you. And um, I mean, I think it's because a little bit of the Justin Timberlake stuff bothers me. I also think uh, that ending is a slight, slight cop out that I think he would have progressed at some point from uh, past that. But Overall, though, this is an, this is an incredibly well-directed film, well-acted film, well-written film. Uh, Sorkin does a stellar job writing what's going on here in this film throughout. Uh, Fincher, yet another incredible achievement from David Fincher as a director. And also showcasing the pettiness that is human beings and how they can create something that initially seems good but in the end can be used for quite a lot of evil in our world um, and seeing how many people get fucked over in the process in order to make that happen. Um, and Michael Sarah, who I'm sorry, uh, uh, Jesse Eisenberg, who I'm not always the, uh, a person who I run to see his films. He's magnetic yeah. here. He's I'd magnetic. Say mildly. Yeah. Yeah. And Andrew Garfield stellar in the film as well. And this film frustrates you, excites you, uh, and in the end, um, leaves you with a feeling of like, wow, I don't know how to feel about social media and my connections to it overall, which I think speaks volumes about the greatness of this movie. What's impressive about it is Eisenberg, you don't want to like. No, not at all. And then you put him in a room with the Winklevoss twins and you're like, <laughs> yes, who the fuck are you guys suing for what? When he yeah. abrades them in the room. We all, yeah. As much as I don't like you, Zuckerberg, you're right. Like, what did yeah. you do? You you had, you had a semblance of an idea, right? You're suing for what exactly? You put in none of the work. I'm the one that created all of this. Yeah. So you just want an easy payday right now because you came to me with nothing. Because you're rich and privileged, you think you're owed. Yeah. yeah you think just because you're ups- upset about something, you should be catered to by society and the law which is ridiculous, of course. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's like Da Vinci coming to the Wright brothers and be like, I have this idea first. <laughs> they got, you know what? Yeah. But your idea it doesn't work at all. And you're not alone. And the only <laughs> one having had this idea, we made it work. Uh, I'm Why shutting don't we down just this airport. It is now Da Vinci. Yeah. He's like, he's like I, have you seen your flying machines? They don't. They don't work. It doesn't make sense from a scientific perspective. They all fail. Oh. Yeah, I just I love that. And then the, the clips of the Winklevoss twins from, what, a month ago? As a, yeah. they're a band now? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I saw that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So great. They are so god-awful. The guitar player's fine. Super the, cheese, man. The, Super the twin singing is, yeah. yeah, it's nice to see his own hubris. Yeah. Literally come like flying back into his face of like, oh, I can totally sing. And then the world <laughs> at large is like, no, no, you cannot. It's true. It's true. <laughs> it's good stuff, though. Um, all right. Which I wish I don't I don't think it's out in 4K, which is kind of crazy to me. I was just kind of looking that up um, because I don't have it in 4K and I would like to have it in 4K. I only have the standard Blu-ray. I don't mean to sound all privileged and shit. Yeah. It's never come out in 4K which is kind of crazy. There's a, there's a, it's part of a collection from Columbia pictures where it's included in 4k UHD, but I don't know why it isn't its own 4k mm. kind of weird. Anyway, uh, what is your number one, Matt Nost? Uh, it's a punt from you. No country, no country for old men. Take it away, man. An amazing film. Yes. Agreed. Uh, it's better than the book, which is saying, <laughs> It's not something you, that ever gets said about uh, a Most movie. Times. Yeah, that's based on a book. Rarely, yes. Usually, it is vastly inferior. Yeah, the best you can sometimes hope for is it's close. <laughs> but I think it is. It's it's better than the book. Yeah. And uh, do you ever did you see Josh Brolin on Hot Ones? Oh, the no, Wings. I haven't watched his episode. Okay. So he's, he's talking about no country. Yeah, yeah. And the scene where his character stumbles upon the money after, yeah, the, yeah. you know, all those dead bodies and he sees the money and he tells, he's supposed to just see it and nothing happens. Yeah. And he tells the Coens, he's like, shouldn't, shouldn't I, something like I react to this in some capacity. And they're like, well, what are you thinking? And he's like, I don't know, like a, huh. And they're like, okay, what else you got? And he's like, a. You know, he gives three, four different things. Yeah. And finally, one of the two of them was like, go with the second one. So they're at the premiere and they're watching it and they seize it and whatever reaction he gives. So say it's the huh type of thing. And you can just hear Joel or Ethan five rows away, dying laughing. <laughs> Nobody else in the theater is laughing at all. <laughs> and Roland was like, so did it help the movie or was that just for them? type of situation he's going back and forth but it you know it obviously helps the movie yeah 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 i think so too uh it's just a fun little story but you know he's got others working on no country but it start to finish i think it's just pretty much a flawless movie it's a damn good film you're right man i mean that's i had i had to put it on my top 10 it's just one of the one of the most um Interesting films that explores the true, how can I say this, vulnerability of, of, of man, I would say, um, in society. And, you know, the, the Tommy Lee Jones character, he, 
he starts out as this, you know, knowledgeable veteran guy. Garrett Dillahunt is the one playing like the kind of slow to understand, following the steps that uh, Josh Brolin is laying out for. Or not, uh, sorry, uh, Tommy Lee Jones is laying yeah. out for him. Um, and then even Tommy Lee Jones by the end is like, I don't even know. So you see this great man who is so intelligent, so smart, so able. Even he questions um, what his purpose was all this time. Yeah. And the dream and all of that happens, you know, it ends in such a perfect way. It leaves these dot, dot, dots at the end of the movie for you to ponder what that dream means and what the significance of it is. Uh, but the Josh Brolin journey as well. I mean, he's just a simple dude, stumbles upon this shit, takes the money. And look, he's pretty crafty son of a bitch and can get out of certain situations. But in the end, the ever um, present le- uh, specter of death uh, does not, um, he's not something he can get away with and eventually uh, get away from rather. And eventually uh, Javier Bardem comes for him. And it's, you know, it's all brutal. His, his path to Bardem as well, all those bodies in the way to get to where he needs to get to, because there's a destiny here that Josh Boland is going to die. Yeah. Um, and, and the fact that he cannot be negotiated with, you know, it has shades of seven seal with uh, what's-her-face at the end uh, trying to negotiate her way out of it, saying, like, what's the point of killing me? There's no point. I didn't get any money. I didn't get any. Why would you kill me? And for him, it's about completing the entire circle, like closing the circle yeah. so that he can move on. You're trying to bargain with death. Yeah. You can't bargain with, with death. Yeah. And him even surviving that car crash in order to carry out what he needs to carry out. No matter how much you try to stop death, there is no stopping or killing death you're only delaying the inevitable you know same thing with woody harrelson when he tries to negotiate his way out of that situation too. yeah woody's is even more futile yeah and, and woody he's... comes in with this swagger mm-hmm. thinking he knows better than everybody and then wham yeah yeah he's cut from the same cloth yeah you know there is no bargaining in this moment <laughs> you're just you're caught on the wrong side yeah sucks for you yeah yeah, yeah. it's so great um yeah, I love it. It's such a good movie. And, you know, just the conversation, I mean, the conversations alone, and especially as you get older as a man, like those conversations are conversations you have. Uh, they naturally happen organically. So to see them in a film is really great to see in the, in the performances of everybody as they bring that about. Um, so then my number one is There Will Be Blood. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it that that is what ended up being my number one film. Um, and the more time I spend with this movie and I've seen it now, what, 10, 10, 12 times, the more that movie burrows into me. Um, and the performance of Daniel day Lewis becomes my favorite performance of his, of any film, including Lincoln. And I know that's tough to say, cause I love him in Lincoln. Um, and what that film says about this idea of aspiring for greatness, aspiring for the top, being the top of the pile and what it leads to and the um, destruction, emotion, the emotional toll it takes. Yeah. Then you've got the incredible score from Johnny Greenwood, the visuals and the cinematography and the direction here uh, um, uh, from the uh, – God. How do I, why did I forget who directed There Will Be Blood? Oh, my God. Paul Thomas Anderson? Paul Thomas Anderson, right, yes. Jesus Christ. Uh, the direction – I'm retired. I am retired, and the game is no more. So, unfortunately – Things go out of my mind now. But yes, 
the direction of Paul Thomas Anderson, the performance, not just of Daniel Day-Lewis, but also of the kid, of Kieran Hines, of uh, Paul Dano, the back and forth with him and Paul Dano. Some of those scenes, they're brutal. And it's also speaking volumes about how we have this mist, uh, this um, mysticism or this uh, foggy belief of how America was founded and how great business was constructed in America when in fact, almost every business has a very nefarious beginning, a very nefarious path all the way to where it's, it establishes itself. Yeah. And he, he mirrors that he represents that um, even though he is a likable protagonist for a majority of the film, when the turn happens with him, it's almost tragic because you're just like, wow, you really, you had a chance to really kind of be there for your, for your adopted son. You can't even do that. And though you do carry out revenge on Paul Dano at the end, it's such a useless revenge, you know? Um, and so it's just brilliant. It's just brilliant on so many levels. This was the one where it's like, start to finish, I think I've watched this three times. Oh, wow. Hmm. Back for scenes? Countless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But start to finish, like, I need a few years off. Mm, fair minimum enough. in between. If I'm going to go start to finish, because it takes a lot out of me personally. Yeah. Um, whereas I wish the master had been, I wanted Paul Thomas Anderson to make my list. Mm, the master yeah. for some reason isn't affected by that. And I can, that I've watched quite a few times. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Even though it's kind of darker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but may, maybe I just have to be so fully engrossed in day loser's performance is second to none. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody else is pulling off that movie to that degree. Yeah. You put somebody else in that, and I don't think it's as as uh, uh, impactful. Yeah. And anyway, um, yeah, I, I couldn't believe it either. I was just I stared at that. That was the toughest cut. I stared at that for the <laughs> longest time, and then I went through my list, and I was like, if I got if I'm gonna do this stupid criteria I created, yeah, I'll watch this over that right now, no problem. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, my your list might be different next week. Yeah, exactly. I very easily could get to that same conclusion and be like, uh, you know what? My list is different this week. Yeah. This is, of course, in my top three. Yeah, yeah. I still think I take No Country over it just because I think, I don't know. I can identify more with No Country because there's more people in that that I potentially could run into or identify right. with. Right. Um, you know, Day Lewis is such a singular generational tycoon mm. that I don't it's like saying you know Bezos <laughs> or, right yeah you know, or a Rothschild or, a, or Elon a Vanderbilt yeah, 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 yeah or Elon yeah. Musk or these guys that just go down as being historically wealthy yeah it's like I I don't have much interaction but the forlorn sheriff that is pondering the pointlessness of life and his own existence. Yeah. I know 50 dudes like that. So <laughs> uh, I still love the interaction of the two sheriffs timely and that older yeah. in the diner is great. <laughs> but the close of there will be blood. I think is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. But just the, oh. he's alone. Yep. Sad about the decisions he's, but I, he wouldn't change a thing more than likely. And he commits and just, murder. Yeah. 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 Of oh. course he does. Yeah, because course. that person's, you know, who are they? They're nothing. Yeah. They are a gnat. Yeah. <laughs> so true. 
Um, all right. Well, there you go. That's our uh, separate top tens. Uh, do you want to combine this or just kind of let it sit in the wind, man? What, what are you feeling? Sounds like you don't want to, so that's fine by me. Okay. All right. Uh, only because I think it's, you know, these are our separate lists. And so I think as two members of the top 10, we have, I think they're equal in that way. And uh, combining them, I think would kind of cheapen what we overall would believe. So these are our two, our two lists. And uh, we've only done this once before. So I think it qualifies for this one because this is a very unusual topic, a very unusual list for sure. Uh, all right. Uh, well, we hope you enjoyed the show. We appreciate you listening or watching us on our uh, top 10 YouTube channel. Don't forget that we have that. Matt, what do we have to tell them? You can follow the show on Twitter at Top 10 Show. It's all spelled out. And on YouTube and Instagram, it is forward slash the Top 10 Podcast with the number 10. Uh, and you can follow me at Matt Nost. Uh, if you're looking for another movie-related show, check out uh, uh, Settle the Score. You can find that anywhere you get podcasts or over at YouTube.com forward slash Matt Nost. And that's it for me this week. There you go. And let me put this in your ear. I want a rematch with Darina down the road. So if a uh, slot opens up, and you need two guests. Let's find a way to make that happen. I don't. That ass kicking still hurts. So, uh, considering I won, always once, a possibility. Once I would like to go back and take okay. her on again. I booked um, out for a while. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's fine. That's fine. I'm staying yeah. down the road. I try and stay on top of that. So we're at least two months out right now. That's fair. That's fair. Wow. That's incredible. Well, I uh, guess as, sometimes people flake and then like, okay, well, I only need to find one, but these other. Yeah, are taken care of, or I might be able to shift one week into the other and push for another. Right. It just it makes my life infinitely easier if I just <laughs> really get off my ass and try. And every once again, it comes up where next week bows out, and I don't have a solution for that immediately. Right, right. but right now, that's you're, good. yeah, that's good. Keep it in mind. Uh, that's where you can follow me at the Roca says on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. The Outlaw Nation on Twitch and my YouTube channel, YouTube.com. Slash John Roca says, and also my other two podcasts, The Geek Buddies and The Cinephiles that are out there for you to enjoy as well. And don't forget, um, also, I've separated out Strong Style, which is a wrestling podcast onto its own podcast. And The Hot Mic, the podcast I do with uh, uh, Jeff Snyder, is out there for people to subscribe to as well. Basically, just, you know, transferring the audio from the video onto there. So uh, be look for that on your Apple podcast, maybe within the next two or three weeks. All right. Y'all take care of yourselves. Be well. We love you madly. And we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of the Top 10 Show. Ooh.